Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Dodder. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading 2 Kings 13 and 14, but in today's episode, we are going to be zooming in on 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21, which reads in the NLT. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elijah and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. What's going on here? What was so special about Elijah's bones that the dead man was revived? What are we to make of this story? Well, one commentator puts it like this. Elisha's ministry spanned at least 56 years. When he died, friends evidently buried him in a cave or rock tomb, as was customary then. Apparently, the men who placed the body of their dead friend in Elisha's tomb observed this man's resuscitation. Undoubtedly, they told their story everywhere, and probably King Jehoiash heard it. Such a sign of God's power working even through his prophet's corpse would have encouraged the king as he looked forward to meeting Aram in battle. It would also have rebuked him for his lack of faith. The story would have impressed on everyone who heard it the great power of Yahweh that brought blessing or life to others through his faithful servants. Since Elisha was dead and there was no question that the power was Yahweh's, not the prophet's. As he was a man of power in life, chapters 2 through 7, moving and persuasive even in stories told about him, 2 Kings 8, 1 through 6. So now his awesome powers continue working in death, confirming the prophet and foreshadowing the victory to come, the commentary concludes. Now, were I to summarize this commentator's thoughts regarding this incident, I would say that the miraculous revival of the dead man, according to Dr. Constable, the commentator I just quoted, shows that this story was intended to, number one, encourage the reigning king to be reminded of God's power, and number two, convict the reigning king for what they may have for what may have very well been a lack of faith. And lastly, number three, the story of the dead man being revived after touching Elisha's bones would have educated everyone who heard the story on the power of Yahweh. Let me run through those again. This story, according to Dr. Constable, it, it seems to appear that number one, it was intended to encourage the reigning king to be reminded of God's power. And it was intended to, number two, convict the reigning king for what may have very well been a lack of faith. And lastly, number three, the story of the dead man being revived after touching Elisha's bones would have educated everyone who heard the story, apart from the reigning king, on the power of Yahweh. Now, all that said, another commentator had some additional insights. This commentator wrote, this great miracle, though very briefly related, was a decided proof of his mission and a confirmation of all his prophecies. It was also a plain indication of another life after this. When Elisha died, there was not an end of him. For then, he couldn't have done this. From operation, we may infer existence. Hang with me. Let me keep reading. From operation, we may infer existence. By this, it appeared that the Lord was still the God of Elisha. Therefore, Elisha still lived. For God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And it may, perhaps, have a reference to Christ, by whose death and burial the grave is made to all believers a safe and happy passage to life. It likewise intimated that 
Though Elijah was dead, yet in virtue of the promises made by him, Israel's interests, though they seemed quite sunk and lost, should revive and flourish again. He continues, the neighbors were carrying the dead body of a man to the grave and fearing to fall into the hands of the Moabites, a party of whom they saw at a distance near the place where the body was to be buried. They laid the corpse in the next convenient place, which proved to be Elisha's sepulcher. This dead man, upon touching Elisha's bones, revived, and it is likely that he went home again with his friends, the commentator concludes. So again, let me put these conclusions in my own words. How might we make sense of the revival in 2 Kings chapter 13, according to this commentator? Number one, this miracle validates all of the miracles Elisha had performed in messages he had communicated. It's validating. Number two, this miracle teaches us some, something about how we should view death. Our God is over life and death. Though Elisha was not alive on this earth, we're left to conclude that through this miracle, God may have wanted others to be reminded that life after an earthly death can be attained, but it can only be attained through faith alone and is a very, very, very real reality for those who turn to and trust in him. Just as Christ's death makes a way for us to experience life beyond the grave, Elisha's death in the power of his bones may very well foreshadow the death and resurrection of Christ. And number three, this commentator believes that the story here in chapter 13 is also one of honor that somehow Elisha is honored as the power is attributed to his bones specifically. Now, I don't know the specifics there, but at the end of the day, I think we can also extend that thought to say, God is honored and glorified because ultimately it is his power at work through Elisha's bones. At the end of the day, there are varying justifications and explanations regarding the why behind this seemingly minute and random miracle. But no matter what, we can trust that it was a purposeful act of God as nothing God does is an accident. And no matter which explanation you find most compelling, all of them attribute glory to God who created Elisha and gifted him accordingly. So as we reflect on this part of the story specifically, I think there are a couple of ways our application can go. The first being to evaluate if passages like these, where scholars have differing views or explanations, do passages like these strengthen your faith, weaken it, or neither? For me personally, I love it when I study the scriptures and my brain is stretched. When I can't wrap my mind around something, it reminds me of just how big our God is. Additionally, though, when you read stories of God's miraculous power, how do these stories shape your view of God? The same God who allowed Elisha's bones to be the agent by which the dead man was revived is alive and active today. Where do you see God's power at work? And lastly, what do you think about this story? It's one thing to hear what a couple of Bible scholars have to say about it, or what Emma thinks about it, what I think about it, and it's another thing to wrestle with the text or to explore the story yourself. So as you spend time with the Lord today, I'd encourage you to spend some time exploring this, this story or these couple of verses specifically. What does God want to show you? What does He want you to know? That's all we've got time for today, but as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com.
thank you guys for listening.